Hello, welcome to Blizzard Watch, the podcast where we're all really tired because BlizzCon was this weekend, and oh my god, guys, seriously. Uh, I'm your host, Marossi, with me this week are two fantastic and probably pretty tired co-hosts. First up, he doesn't get introduced first because he's not here very often anymore, so we're going to introduce him first, Alex Zebart. How you doing, Alex? Hi, that's me. I'm doing good. How long BlizzCon. did you sleep? Oh my god, uh, during BlizzCon, almost zero hours, pretty close to zero after BlizzCon. Um, a stretch of eight, being up for about four hours, and then going back to bed for another 12. Did you think it would be restful because you weren't going to go this year? Is that the delusion you had before it started? I had no delusions. I knew exactly what I was getting into. I, right. I <laughs> even like... though I wasn't there, I've been doing BlizzCon for enough years now that I knew what was going to happen. Okay. Uh, also with us this week, she's practically running the site, and I'm sure she slept even less than either of us. Uh, Ann Stickney, how you feeling, Ann? Good, actually. And I did actually make it a point to get sleep. Um, I was the foolhardy person that figured, oh, this will be much easier because we aren't, you know, running back and forth to the convention center and running up and downstairs and going all over the place. I figured it would be easier. Um, I was incorrect. <laughs> Yeah, because then you were stuck at back. You were stuck at the home office where you actually. Well, had yeah, to, and yeah. I, I, I told, I told my brother to take Friday off from his job so that he could like help out my dad that day. So, and I told him very specific. It was pretty funny too because he did not realize. I don't think he ever really thinks about what I do during the day or what what's involved with that. But um, I told him on Thursday. I said, just pretend I'm not here pretend I'm not here, pretend I don't exist because I won't for the next 48 hours or so, you might see me for all of five minutes. And he laughed it off. Like he, he was like, <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> he did not see me for all of five minutes of those two days. <laughs> I think I came out like twice and made eye contact with him while I was grabbing like crackers and cheese sticks from the fridge and going back to my room. <laughs> And yeah, by the end of it, he was like, oh, okay, so you were serious that this is busy. I'm like, yes, it is very busy. And then I told him exactly how much content we had pumped out over 48 hours. And he was like, dang, he had no idea. Yeah, it's he it's understands. Yeah, he understands it a little more now, I think, than he did before. So that was good. But yeah, I went to bed on, on Friday night. Well, it wasn't technically, it was Saturday morning. I went to bed at like 3 a.m., and then I got up at 8, and then I went to bed at, like, 2 on Saturday, and I got up at 9 the next day. So, I mean, I got some sleep. <laughs> yeah, yeah. More, I more than by Alex. Time we did Lore Watch, by the time we did Lore Watch, you were pretty fried. I was I was really tired when we did Lore Watch. <laughs> yeah, and it's, it's not that, you know, I knew it was going to be busy, but I certainly had expected to sleep. Yeah. But the, these things kind of kept happening were, like... Um, on the second day, you know, the first day I was up pretty late because we did the contest and we did a podcast and then I had to wrap up a couple things. Yeah. Then Saturday, uh, my first panel was just all I had to do. All that was scheduled for me to do was just to watch the Behind Blizzard's Worlds panel because the description of it was really boring. It yeah. sounded dull, like they weren't going to talk about anything interesting. Whatsoever. Is that the one with Alan, Adam and, Ka and Kaplan and the Ben Thompson, isn't it? Yes. And oh, my God. The description was so dull, and then I started watching it, and it was actually one of the most fascinating panels of the entire weekend. And we weren't live-blogging it. I was only half-heartedly taking notes at first, 
that I was like, oh my God, this panel is amazing. So then I had to go straight into doing other stuff. So by the time the first day was over and I was still working on things, I had to go back to rewatch that panel and take notes and do an actual write-up on it. So that's how that night ended up going till the next morning. It was a really good write-up though, to be fair. Thank you. And then the next day, because my, my girlfriend was at BlizzCon, and the first day of BlizzCon, I sent her a message like, oh, by the way, when are you getting home again? She says, Monday, 5 a.m. So I got up crazy early Monday, so I would be awake for her to get home. And 6 a.m. rolls around. I send her a message. I'm like, hey, just text me when you land. Because I figured she just got delayed or something, so she'd get home a little late. I was like, just text me when you land so I know you're on your way home. She goes, I'm still in California. I don't get home till 5 p.m. Oh, no. (laughs) Oh, my God. I could be asleep. (laughs) She wrote AM instead of PM the first time. Uh, That's like for me, um, we had some stuff going on personalized. But, yeah, so we were I was trying to write stuff. And also we should probably mention we did a a show um, first night of BlizzCon. We did kind of a wrap up show kind of covering everything they revealed. It was a special edition. It's not numbered. We're not going to go into too much detail. We're going to answer questions and stuff about BlizzCon and everything, but we're not going to do a series of recaps because we did that already. We did a reaction video, and since then, some of us have had a time to think more about how we were reacting. At the time, I was more emotional, and now I'm more, you know. Sure. You know, but at the same time, it's worth hearing our first impressions and seeing what we're going to talk about. But I'll do, what I'm going to do here is just do a quick run-through of stuff that got mentioned. Like We don't have to talk about it. I just feel like we should cover that it exists. Um, the announcements were for World of Warcraft. Um, World of Warcraft Classic servers are coming soonish. Whenever they get them done, they don't know. All they know is they're going to do it. So that's what are they going to be? What are they going to say? We don't know. Uh, but that's that's coming. They announced World of Warcraft Classic servers. They announced Battle for Azeroth, which is the next expansion. Um, for Heroes of the Storm, they introduced Hanzo and Alexstrasza and a new map. Or am I missing that? Is it not a new map? Is that Overwatch? No, there wasn't a new map. That was Overwatch. Okay. All right. StarCraft 2 is going free to play with a new co-op commander also announced, uh, Mira Han and Matt Horner as one commander. The Overwatch introduced uh, the new hero, Moira, right? Yes. Moira, they Moira. introduced a, a uh, cinematic for Reinhardt, which made me cry, and I don't even care about like the, the story there. And I was like, I don't care about Reinhardt's story specifically. I like Reinhardt. I just don't care about his story until now, and now I care deeply about him and everything that ever happened to him. Uh, and Blizzard World, the new map, which is, it's like a dream. Quite frankly, I want Blizzard World in all Blizzard games. I don't care that it makes absolutely no sense. Uh, I, want I want Blizzard World in real life. I want yeah, I want to be able to visit Snacks Ramus. Yeah, Snacks Ramus. By by God, they should be selling stuff in stores with Snacks Ramus. Like I should be able to like take the Snacks Ramus box out of my freezer and and fry up some deep fried you know fell puppy or whatever. And the Lost and Found Vikings. That's you know, visit there. I wanted to get extra meta and have Blizzard World from Overwatch pulled into Heroes of the Storm. As a map? Yes. Yeah, that could that would be really it, nice. But the but map it, is actually that map from Overwatch. Yeah, and even better because it would confuse the heck out of the characters. Like Uther would be like, wait a minute. Right. What is this place? This looks like Stormwind. What is and seeing Snacks Ramus and being so offended. <laughs> That would be beautiful, and that needs to happen. Heroes team, get on that. Here's your Mr. Bigglesworth pattern. I will destroy you. Oh, God. Now I'm going to be sleeping thinking about this all day. So, yeah, that's. Um, I can't think of anything else that's really major to talk about at the moment. I mean, a lot of stuff came out, but I think that pretty much covers the uh, big news of the convention. So, can I, 
can I just pipe, yeah. pipe in sure. for a second here? Because I was thinking about this this morning and I kind of want to broach the subject with the two of you and hear your thoughts on it. I was thinking about Battle for Azeroth and how everybody was going nuts over all of the stuff and everything and da 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 and there's all kinds of news. And then I'm thinking about it and I'm thinking about the actual list of content that we got. It's not a lot. I no, feel like there's really a not. lot more there that they didn't tell us because we got the name of the expansion the premise behind it we're going to get war fronts we're going to get those island exploration things we're going to get allied races and that was mostly it for and the big punches there yeah, yeah it's, they, it's they, like they did list oh excuse me and and, and of course you know Colterius Colterius Xanalar 10 dungeons but that like there's an extent to which um I think I've made it clear the faction war thing coming back is annoying me. But beyond that, I don't want to really say one way or the other whether it looks cool because I don't think they showed anything off in a particularly cool way. Like, Island Expeditions, I was like, wow, this is really disappointing. But you know what? It could be cool. It's disappointing because the example they gave was like, imagine two monkeys on a beach. I don't care about those two monkeys on a beach. I want nothing to do with two monkeys on yeah, a beach. I liked, I liked their example. I mean, I liked the way that they showed how it was kind of iterative and, and the way that it sort of, it changed every time you went to go visit it. And yeah, I like understand the next time you went, why the they went. wouldn't be there. Yeah, yeah, and, I, yeah. and I understand why they went with like, the simple explanation like they went with the simple setup so that they could explain the mechanic behind how it worked yeah, but so, I, I so do agree with you like, on the point though that it could have been like maybe a little bit more snappily delivered or whatever right so it's so like you know I, you know what i'm not really disappointed by this feature this feature could be really cool what i'm disappointed by is the example they gave was just not particularly engaging when i get and my also, hands on it it'll probably be a lot of fun it was really interesting because Afra Sayabi and Hazakostas, when they did the What's Next panel, uh, split the, the the duties practically. Like they, it was Alex did the, uh, you know, here's the here's Kol Taras, here's the zones, here's the people, here's Zandalar, here's that stuff, and then he switched it over to Ian for you know stuff like more more gamey stuff for lack of a better word. And I felt like Ian's Ian's style is a little bit better, a little bit smoother, but. Afra Sayabi has changed a lot since last BlizzCons. Have you noticed this? Not How do really? you mean? He he flattened out like this. There, let's let's. I'm just gonna rip the bandaid off here. I have nothing against Alex for Alex Afra Sayabi, but almost every BlizzCon, the man has managed to say something that's you know, that's upset people. I it think he's still done that. He didn't really do it this time. Like he didn't say anything specific that I remember anybody being outraged by. Um. Like, there, there were some things. I don't know if they're on on the scale of what they were, but last year. But he has a tendency to throw out like one liners that just kind the of no boats thing. The no rank, boats thing is nowhere no near. Boats, on the, no, that's not. But even. for example, during the Q and A, he said, um, "Let's burn Stormwind to the ground," and that had nothing to do with anything really. And everybody was like, mm, "Another yeah, one." That's a little snarky. And the thing is, is like. The snarky, I feel like the snarky sometimes is just his sense of humor, but it's that kind of sense of humor that not a lot of people get, so it just comes off as kind of off-putting, where people are like, like, what do you mean by that? That's weird. And like, it's this, not super serious, but no, it's, it's never serious. annoying sometimes. This year, I just didn't notice a lot of it, is what I'm saying. I felt yeah. like he, he, just, he just came out, did, did his bit, and left. Uh, which, you know, you could see it as good, or you can kind of miss the old stuff. And I laughed kind of at the, the boat st- thing, personally. I laughed at it. Yeah, I thought the it. boat thing was fine. I, I honestly also thought, Matt's in it. What is he doing in there? It was funny. But 
Yeah, we're probably at this point. We should move on to emails. Um, if you have an email for the show, uh, no, you know what? We should mention the new Patreon thing because we're really doing that now, much more so than before. Uh, we have a Discord now that we're using uh, instead of Slack, which was a um, Adam did a post about it this week on Blizzard Watch. So hopefully, not on Blizzard Watch. Nothing, yeah, on Blizzard Watch. nothing is changing. Yeah. I feel like we should probably go into that a little bit too to oh, to clarify there. Nothing is changing as far as Discord goes, or nothing is changed. We changed the structure of the channel so that they're a little easier to navigate for people that are on the Blizzard Watch Discord. And people by no means should feel obligated like they have to join the Blizzard Watch Discord. It's just that we were running, we were running Discord for you know the community stuff, and then we had Slack that we were using for the business at back end of things. Well, over the course of BlizzCon, we migrated over to Discord so that our patrons, pa patrons that were at a certain level, were able to peek in on the behind the scenes channel where we were orchestrating everything. They basically got like a front row seat to the madness. They couldn't comment on it, but they could see it happening, <laughs> um, yeah. which was kind of fun. Well, when that was all done and over with, we went ahead and went back to the regular work channels. And then we sat there and went, you know what? It was kind of fun being in discord instead of Slack. Like we were closer to where the community was at and that's kind of where we want to be. So we migrated the business end of things from Slack to to discord so we're doing everything from discord now um which means that you know we've got more of a direct line to the community um people that have pledged to us on patreon there is a channel in there specifically for them to submit podcast questions there is also a channel in there for everybody to submit q questions if they have questions and they don't feel like leaving a comment on the actual q post for whatever reason um i think we're probably going to do more like little quality of life things like that over the course of time here but so far it's been working really great and we're really happy that we're actually you know right in the midst of you all instead of next door one step removed i have a question that's probably useless for the podcast but i'm gonna ask anyways Go is for there it. a way to make discord brightly colored instead of gray and sad um i hope not because it hurts my eyes I like it gray and sad. I mean, on a personal level, because Slack was bright and there's colors. I'm like, yeah, the lights are on. Time to get to work. And I go to Discord. I'm like, uh, the lights are off. I'm going to go to bed. I don't know. I don't know. Um, some. Uh, oh, we have someone said that you can, in fact, turn it white. There is Perfect. a night, night mode and a day mode. That's all I needed to know. Okay. Well, then there you go. It can wake you up every morning. But yeah. If you, if you have a question for this podcast, you can use the new Discord channel. If you're a Patreon supporter, um, you can also email it to podcast at blizzardwatch.com with the subject line podcast or Blizzard Watch in it so we know it's for this show. Uh, either one works, and we're kind of excited about being able to do more questions and get more stuff in. That's something that we really like to be able to do. Uh, Anne's going to read it for us now, though, so if you could take it away, Anne. Yeah, okay. Our qu first question actually comes to us from Discord, and this is from Ran, who says, During the Overwatch panels, Jeff compared Overwatch to Warcraft, with Warcraft 1 ultimately spawning everything we have today. He said, This is Overwatch 1, inviting us to imagine more games in the Overwatch universe. So, what do you figure that could look like? And what kinds of other Overwatch games would you want to play? Dude, what, what, more, what? I can't even come up with like one answer to this. There's I could so play many. a ton of Overwatch games. Are you There's kidding so me? <laughs> I love there was that moment of silence where we're like thinking of a million things all at once because 
I was like, I was like sputtering. I was like, the easy answer is the MMO, but that's like, you know, almost. That's where I went immediately. I'm like, World of Overwatch, give it to me. I want City of Heroes back, but I want it in the Overwatch universe. Can we have that, please? Thanks. Yeah. One of the great things, actually, uh, during during the Overwatch panels, one of the things they did in the archive was talk about how Overwatch grew out of one designer named Jeff Goodman, basically saying when they were looking at various concepts they were trying to come up with. He's saying, what I want to do is an MMO with like 50 classes. And Jeff Kaplan taking it into his office and thinking, well, we can't do 50 classes in an MMO, but what if they were 50 characters? And that's, Overwatch still doesn't have 50 characters, but that's, you, you know what I'm saying? Like that's the, the genesis. Now I'm thinking to myself, what if they took, like they took that idea and tried to do an RTS with it? or tried to do an action RPG with it, or tried to do an open-world RPG with it, or an MMO with it, or, or a, you know, you could do a 4X with Overwatch. That would be really weird, but you could do it. And okay, I'd you be know interested. what I want? I've decided. You know what I want? They took Mass want? Effect away from me. <laughs> we don't get that anymore. I want a game in the style of Mass Effect that covers the Omnic Crisis. I want you to be able to play like one of the Overwatch, one of the original team. Like you get to pick one member of that original team and play through their story. And I want it Mass Effect style. I will only accept this if it like the third game in this um, Overwatch thing. You have one of the Omnics ask, uh, let's say Tracer, if it has a soul. Oh, see, that'd be great. I could see that. I could see that happening. But I, I want, I want that. I want to see because the thing is, is like we have this really rich history that that came before Overwatch itself, like the time period that we're getting right now, there was this really rich history that was like the height of Overwatch and all of that. And this big war that went on that was like, it was a global conflict and there were so many people and that could make a really, really inter- entertaining game. And I mean, Mass Effect is kind of a shooter to a degree, but it's also an RPG. And yeah, I can definitely see it, yeah. I mean, uh, would I enjoy hero kissing? Yes, I would, but it doesn't necessarily have to be in that title. It's just yes, I would it like does. to see. <laughs> I would like to see that. So, yeah, I want to. I do. Oh, you just made like, it tough. I do want it hundred times better for me. <laughs> I do kind of want to like kiss all of them, but that's okay. I mean, that doesn't have to be there as long as it's just like the RPG element. I want to see that story told, and I want to see it told properly. And they could do it, you know, through a book or through a comic or through a movie or through a whatever they want to do with it, or they could give us another game, and I would love to see that game because that's the kind of genre that Blizzard hasn't dived into just yet. I want them to produce some kind of Bioware worthy title on the RPG side of things. But let's get Alex's answer. Alex, what do you got? Um, I was spending a really long time trying to think of a pawn to change Hearthstone into an Overwatch game, and I couldn't quite get there, unfortunately. Um, I would also, I think just single player campaign games would be really cool. There's a lot of stories to tell. Um, I'm one of those people who does not like looking backwards. um, So I would not for Anne's thing. Sorry, Anne. I would rather them tell, you know, the, this, the cast of characters they have now tell new stories going forward with them. Much like with Mass Effect, when people are like, oh, I, I really love the story about humans and the Turian spent. It's like, I'm not really interested in that. That's that's the past. Let's not go there. Um, anything that moves the story forward and gives us cool stories would be a lot of fun. Really, any any genre that just tells cool stories in the Overwatch world instead of just being shooting each other. I'm for that. Thing. I don't think either of you guys played Titanfall or Titanfall Two. 
I did not, no. I heard no. about it, but I didn't play it. Titanfall 2, um, they added a campaign mode, which I think is a precursor you're going to see in a lot of shooters, because I know that the new Battlefront 2, the Star Wars Battlefront 2 did it as well. They added a very detailed campaign. Um, but Titanfall, one of the things they did was they, they made a couple of good decisions. One is that they cast Matthew Mercer as the main voice guy. And he's so he's, good. He's playing a very generic character. He, he, I think his name's like Jack Cooper. I mean, it's not. But the robot that he's with, the Titan, the, the, the interplay between the two characters is really great. And it's ever since I played that, I've been thinking that this is what Overwatch needs. It needs a campaign mode where you play as, I'm, I'm going to say it, McCree and Bastion, team up and go do something. I don't even care what it is. I do not. Just so we can have Bastion in his beepity boopity self, uh, you know, with his bird, just being a character all over this game. Voiced it, by Chris Benson. Really, well, whoever's doing, whoever's beeping, I don't care. It is Chris Benson. I know, I'm sure it he is. Does, just he, he does the voice of Bastion. I'm just saying, <laughs> you know, I feel like coming out of retirement for it, then someone else can do it. But I definitely feel like there's there's a ton of characters in Overwatch that we could get more story out of, and that would be great. However, they do it. I just really it would be really cool if they did like a tactical squad based single player thing, where like build a team of the Overwatch heroes. Okay, I've got Tracer as my like scout or whatever, and I'm going to put Widowmaker up on this roof, and you know this guy is going to be over here and doing this thing, and you kind of switch so, between whichever kind of like character. XCOM meets an RPG. Yeah, XCOM meets like a first or third person shooter. Yeah, that could do it too. Or you, or you just switch from whichever one you're controlling. That also sounds cool. I'd be okay as long as with there's that. like as long as there's also a dating sim. I'm fine with this. As long as they get to kiss each other. <laughs> every game, every game, and every genre needs a pharmacy. Is yeah. a thing now. <laughs> okay, moving on to the next question here because I think we've answered that one sufficiently. This one is from Wonderbolt, who says, in uh, reference to classic servers, a classic servers announcement, um, how will today's rating attitudes translate to classic servers? Will we have DBM, recount, gear score? No. I don't think we're going to have any of those things. I don't think we can. I mean, we had similar versions of all those things back then. Not gear score. Not gear score. There was no such but... thing as gear score because gear didn't DPS. have a level on it. It was Wasn't just gear. It... There was a threat meter, but I don't recall a DPS meter until way late. Um. Yeah, I don't. I don't think I ever. I'm. I'm trying to remember because I did a lot of raiding back in the day. Molten Core, Blackwing Lair. I never had. I had Cosmos. I remember having Cosmos. Cosmos. Cosmos did a lot of these things, and and this is no dig on you if you're the developer of Cosmos out there somehow listening. Cosmos did a lot of these things in a kind of half-assed way. It didn't because but it did it. It was it. It was the only thing we had for a yeah. long time. You know, it's not like I don't blame him for not knowing how to bust out all the the, the Lua when like it was it. He was the first guy to do it. I mean, it's just the we way it was. Have, we didn't have DBM either. I remember doing oh. Blackwing Lair. I mean, if, I had, there, if something like that did exist, I didn't have it. There were definitely raid timers. Okay. There were raid timers, but a lot of them were literally you started a timer. Yeah. Like, they were in-the-game versions of a stopwatch. Like, I remember this because when we were doing Molten Core, they hadn't come out yet, and our raid leader literally used the stopwatch to time the pulses on, oh, bloody heck, the guy who blew you up in the air. Geddon. Geddon. We used a stopwatch to time that. Okay. Like an actual honest to god stop. Chat channel says that big wigs was a thing by Blackwing Lair. Okay. We didn't use it. My guild was really we were weird because we didn't we didn't even use like 
TeamSpeak or anything. We we everything was communicated via typed chat. Um, so and yeah, you mentioned Geddon, and I remember um there, there whatever add-on it was, I don't remember what it was, but everybody who had it enabled, if you got the bomb on Baron Geddon, everybody who had this add-on installed would whisper you, "You are you the are bomb." You are the bomb. Yeah. Yeah, that I remember. <laughs> like was I that said, big wigs? Some... That might have been big wigs. There were some add-ons. I don't know if that was Bigwigs or not. It was, no, there was another version that wasn't Bigwigs because we had a similar one that you oh, everyone Canada. had to have. Sorry, go ahead. No, I like I literally done. I was just saying everybody okay. had to have it for it to work. Okay. Oh, Canada in the chat channel says that they saw a note from the DBM guy saying that there would be DBM for the new servers. So that is apparently in development. Um, so you'll have it a little bit easier than we did in vanilla because I remember we had to track all that stuff manually. Like in my guild, but my guild also I think I think my raid guild was kind of slightly more punishing than most <laughs> because like I said, we didn't use any of that stuff that was that was almost like second hand to other raid guilds. And I think that a lot of that was because and I didn't know this until I was like in the guild and writing with the guild or anything, um, these guys had all come over from EverQuest where stuff like that was just entirely unheard of. And they were used to doing things a certain way, so they were applying that kind of attitude to World of Warcraft so we didn't there was a lot of stuff that we didn't use and just didn't utilize and I didn't even figure out it was a thing until years later and I went why did we never use that oh my god these guys were stupid <laughs> and even gear score no we didn't have gear score back then but there was still just basic things like if you want into our next raid you need to be geared from AQ no the, the one I remember if you like, are a druid his... you need to be heal spec <laughs> There was a specific thing that I remember when I joined the guild that I ended up doing most of my vanilla raiding in, where they basically, you would walk over to them and they would inspect you. Like, you didn't know what your score was. You would tell them, oh, I've got gear from the, these places. And I remember when I joined, uh, I had two warriors because, you know, I've always been kind of insane. And uh, one of the warriors was, was geared very well, and one of them was geared kind of well. The kind of well one had all dungeons set, like... 1.5 what, what do you even call that dungeon set the stuff that's like it wasn't it wasn't valor it was heroism oh was think, it the step they, up it was one point it was dungeon it was dungeon set point five players referred to it as tier point five but blizzard referred to it as dungeon two okay dungeon two all right whatever it was called i had most of that and then some crafted epics that were the best you could get for crafted epics and i had the sword off of Azurgos typhoon that was what that guy had the other guy had already been been raiding molten core so he had molten core gear like he had the setup tank gear and they 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 ended up taking the tank guy but then they let me bring in my dps guy and he could go when we needed a dps dude i could switch to him and the first while they were like why don't you just keep all the gear on one guy i'm like you have any idea how expensive it is for me to switch specs it's cheaper for me to have two warriors yeah. than for me to switch my specs. That's 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 going to be fun, but we don't there, need to get into that. Somebody in the chat channel brought up Omen, and now that I hear Omen, yeah, that was definitely yeah, a thing. Omen the existed. threat meter. Uh, o- Omen is was the newer. Omen replaced the original, the original threat, threat meter. meter. I don't remember what, was what the, the threat meter was. One? I don't remember the name of it. Okay, if, Omen. Was I think it literally had it had threat meter in the name, if I recall. Yeah. Okay. It was there some was a, initials threat meter. There was a threat meter that literally just yelled at you if you were going to pull threat. Like, that was the first one. It yeah. didn't even display threats. It just yelled at you if you were getting close. I think I so you just had to that slow down. Because that was, that was, the yell was my, uh-oh, hit the fade button. Like, yeah, that's what was, that was. There was one that just yelled when you, you know, you're pulling threat, you got to 
you slow your roll, pal. Yeah. Um, and then there was the the omen, which was a much more granular one that actually had like a, a display of everybody's threat, and you could figure out, oh, okay, this guy's why is this guy always pulling so much threat? Oh, he's he's getting way ahead. But yeah, uh, there wasn't. Tank, take off your pants. You're you're all welcome, by the way. My raid had to test omen and sunwell plateau, and it was a pain in the butt. <laughs> all right. Uh, KLH next... threat meter. That was the OG threat meter. <laughs> oh yeah. Okay. All right. So yeah, there's some stuff that probably will have there's some stuff that we I, I don't I don't know how you could even apply gear score to classic because all of that classic gear the only thing on it to designate how powerful it was was the stats that were on it there was no I, item level or anything like that there was no there item was... level gear score uh, we only see item levels because, because gear score, gear score came out yeah yeah Blizzard started of adding up just... yeah yeah Blizzard so... actually didn't do that until gear score because like alex was saying they they didn't want you to know no so uh, i mean there could easily be a gear score add-on because the original gear score add-on was created before eye levels were visible huh i don't know there's nothing stopping I guess, it. I guess, they just assign an arbitrary you know on a, if you're going from one to five dungeon set one is one nax is five they can just make a gear score based on that and if you have less than whatever you suck get out of the raid <laughs> i guess we'll find out all right, so uh, next question here is from Pidia, who says, With the burning of Teldrassil, I see a popular opinion that somehow the Horde proper did not start the war, but either a neutral party, someone within the Alliance, like Gen, or my favorite, the Desolate Council. Uh, they are described as a group that seems to be set on ending their own existence at any cost. Perhaps starting a war is the best way to bring about the demise of Sylvanas. Also, in the images presented, there's an elf with her, with arrows in her lying on the ground wearing what appears to be silver covenant armor heavily implying it might it to be Verisa. what role do you think she has to play in this this is all speculation stuff i mean i don't know <laughs> i can't tell you i don't I, I don't know i haven't even like gone back over things enough to form any kind of like theories as of yet although we did kind of talk about it a little bit on lore watch didn't we a little bit um i don't I haven't actually, I've looked at all the images and I still haven't been able to see this elf in Silver Covenant gear, but whatever. Um, if she's there, great. It doesn't mean she's Verisa. There are other elves in the Silver Covenant. Uh, for that matter, there's other elves that are just in the Alliance. There's other high elves that are in the Alliance. So, who knows? I don't know yet on that. I, I always expect um, they've done it all the way up through Broken Shore. They've done it throughout the whole game. Whenever the factions collide, they don't really want either faction to feel like the bad guys so whatever happens is going to be fuzzy and open to interpretation or go as far as broken shore and show the two factions completely different cutscenes to have completely different events happen uh, i don't i don't think they're going to make it clear cut yeah like the broken shore they don't they don't actually have different events happen but what they do is they cheat and let the alliance only see part of it and then they let the horde see the other part well yeah, i mean they even do like little things like in the horde part they're retreating in a panic. Like they're like, we have to get out of here, run. In the alliance side of it, they see the horde archers dramatically, slowly, confidently walking away. Like that's not how that happened on the horde side at all. They straight up showed a different tone of events. They were they in that little touch, they showed alternate realities to each faction. They said they showed both to the horde. The horde get to see both scenes completely. The Horde see all all of it. The Alliance only see half of it. Like, straight up. When I played through Horde, I got to see both cutscenes. But in the Horde, it's panicked. 
Yes, but, but then the, the Horde the actually sees the other one too. And they've been very Horde. deliberately vague about what happens first or what's going to go in what yeah, order. Yeah, yeah. Um, Alex Afrasiabi went so far as to straight up say he wasn't going to tell us. Yeah, yeah, and I, somebody in the chat channel said that they already said Horde starts this by destroying the tree. No, they don't actually. Um, there, I've seen this pop up on my on my Twitter feed, and they keep referencing this uh, like interview that came out with one of the devs as like definitive evidence that the horde does this first. And I'm looking at the article, and nowhere in the article does it directly imply. You could infer that from what's said, but it's not flat out stated. And unless something is flat out stated, I'm going to remain in the dark on that. Keep in mind, yeah, keep in mind too, this this has not come out yet. Yeah, we haven't seen they, any of this. They could they, change this. Yeah, they have changed stuff before. They've changed dialogue. They've changed... Uh, I mean, when you played through Warlords of Draenor, did Marad and Yorel have a tortured romance based on past experiences? No. No. But that was that, that was stuff that was, was there mind. for a while. Yeah. Um, the whole thing that... with uh, Ramoth being a traitor, that was there for a while. Never made it to the game. You know, there, there's stuff... Keep in mind, and I and I pointed this out not in the last week's No Year Lore, but the week before, um, I pointed out that what we got at BlizzCon is a snapshot of a game that is still very much in development, and those bits and pieces, those lore chunks that they've given us, we we don't want to take them necessarily at face value because those things still can change. Um, and they were pretty vague about what they gave us. They gave us some big pieces of information but they didn't give us all of the little details around those big pieces of information just to give themselves the freedom to change those little details if they need to. Um, so I think that's kind of how you need to approach this for now. I, until we get into beta and we actually start you know, getting into the nuts and bolts and seeing what's actually there. Speculating at this point is kind of it's almost a guessing game. An entire, it's entirely a guessing game at this point. Yeah, um, as far as the Desolate Council is concerned, all we know about the Desolate Council is that they don't like Sylvanas trying to get some way to make the Forsaken immortal. That's it. We do not know. I find that concept to, fam- yeah. fascinating, though, and I'm dying to read that book because I'm like, yeah. who are these guys? I kind of like the. But I want to hear more about them. Yeah, absolutely. But we haven't heard more about them yet, which means that any speculation that they started trying to start a war with the Alliance or working with Gan or anything like that, that's not currently anything we have any evidence for. It's, again, all it's we know a about game. them. Yeah, all we know about them is that they exist. They're a group of Forsaken who are a little eh, on Sylvanas, and we don't even know what they want or why they're eh, on Sylvanas. It's a Chrissy Golden novel. There could be some yes. kind of surprise twist ending at the end where they're the, the bad guys. The thing that's really interesting <laughs> to me about Desolate Council is they seem like old school Sylvanas. Like, yeah. Because Sylvanas' whole thing was like, what are we but slaves to this torment? Like She, ha- she self-loathing, hated her existence, hated the existence of the Forsaken. And all of a sudden, one day, she's like, actually, let's make more Forsaken. And these guys are just like, let's go back to that slaves or a torment thing. Let's get see let's in my this. head. In my head, like, and this is again, it's all just guessing game. But in my head, just from that little snippet there, I got this, just this like intriguing vision of a group of undead that date all the way back to the original fall of Lord Ron, who are tired. They don't want to be undead anymore. They don't want to be alive. They just want to stop. 
It's, and it's Sylvanas's old self-loathing. Sylvanas moved on. Is like, no, I'm not going to load this. I'm going to embrace this and be evil undead. And these it's guys. It's not are even. Like, it's uh, not even self-loathing per se. It's more like, could I just rest now? That's all I want to do. We, we we got rid of the Lich King. We finished what we wanted to do. Can we just stop now? And we're not supposed to be immortal. We're not supposed we're, to be. Yeah, none of this was supposed to happen. Can we just stop? And to me, that's kind of like, in my head, I'm like, ooh, that's an intriguing thought. I wonder if it's going to be that. I don't know, because the book's not out. Dying to know, but I don't know. <laughs> yeah, in terms of the like, what we do know, we yeah. know that at the end of that book chapter that we have, the the pro, the, the prologue bit, mm-hmm. uh, Sylvanas t- turns to uh, Nathanos and says, we're going to keep the army together. We're not going to, now that the victory has been had against the Legion, we're not going to disband the army. And he's like, why not? And she's like, because we're going to Stormwind. And that's, we have no idea how we get from that to Darnassus is on fire and Undercity has been destroyed. I love, I love how they just threw this in the goodie bag. And of course it's the prologue. And of course the prologue ends with the most dramatic moment ever. And you know what follows it is going to be something completely different from what you expect. Anyway, I don't know. I can't wait for this book to come out. Dang it, Christy, bad. Anyway. Uh, next question here, though, is from Uso, who says, question for the podcast, what would you like to see mechanically in Warfronts? Do you want a heavy emphasis on building and recruiting? Do you think the wood collection, etc., will look like Warlords of Draenor's initial building of the garrison? What do we think about Warfronts? It's the Warcraft RTS essentially kind of ported into World of Warcraft. I mean, I imagine it will be exactly like the initial building of the garrison where you click trees for wood and so on, and then you use wood to buy stuff. I mean, that's what it was in the RTS, is you build your peons or your ghouls or your... Um, uh, uh, grunts? Grunts, yeah. And you go have them chop wood or wisps if you're night elves. I'm kind of hoping that whatever that's this system RTS. is, whatever this system is, I'm hoping that we get a lot of jobs done and work works out of it, because that would be great. Um, I just want to hear all the... I want I want there to be like Forsaken ones where literally they're constantly saying Forsaken-y things when you have them do things like, what well, are oh, we if not slaves to this torment of <laughs> gathering wood for you? You know, and if you've got like Torrin, they're all like, you know, must we destroy the the Earth Mother? You really need that mine. And if you poke them too like, many times, they explode. Or you just, you know, stop poking me. <laughs> this is Like, you know, just... A little flavor. One of the things I didn't like about the garrison was that it didn't have any racial flavor. Yeah. It was just, you know, standard alliance building or standard horde lack of building. I feel like this is going to be kind of the same thing in terms of it's going to be typical horde structures, typical alliance structures. Yeah, but they could throw in a few. You know what I mean? Like Maybe. You could throw in, like, you know, maybe a highborn tower for the horde and they get, like, special magic people out of it or what have you. Just something to spice it up a little bit. This is or, another you know, feature where I really need to see it in action because yeah, before you know, it could go so many ways. Like, okay, so 20 people, do they expect you to be in an organized raid and therefore it'll be pretty difficult or they want it to work in pickup groups and it'll be like, pretty is easy. It, is it like the uh, bosses when, uh, what are they called in uh, Antorus, not Antorus, in Argus, the uh, invasion points where you just end up yeah. with a bunch of people? Like, that could be kind of cool. I like So those. it's like, if I'm just in 20 random people, and progression is dependent on everybody cooperating, contributing resources, 
am I going to get really frustrated because I get in this pickup group of 20 people and 10 of them disappear, wandering, lost into the hills, and five people aren't collecting any resources, so me and, like, three other guys are trying to carry 20 people over the victory line, but because nobody's participating, it's just a waste of an hour? (laughs) I feel like, in my head, I have, like, this mental picture of something that's, like, a PVE experience of what the old 40-man Alterac Valley used to be. Yeah. To a degree, like a little bit, somewhere in between that and Warcraft RTS, which sounds potentially fascinating, but I want to see more of it. And again, what we got at BlizzCon was just kind of like, it was the smallest taste of this thing. It was, it was kind it was of a like brief overview. Broad strokes description they could give. Yeah, they didn't really so like, have any. It was like, there wasn't any, here's some video of people actually doing this thing for you guys to watch or, yeah. you know, that so kind of I'm, thing. I'm definitely not being a downer on it. Like, I'm not like, oh, this is stupid. It's not. It's just like almost everything that showed for that expansion. Like, I will be able to actually form an opinion when I can play it, whether it be beta or whatever. Yeah, can Until we just get beta? Then, really can we difficult. get that? <laughs> can I make that yeah, I think you're basically where I am, where you feel like the concept is fine, but what's the execution going to be? Yeah. yeah. Because, I mean, the garrison in concept was fine. But yeah, it, it was in a weird sort of way, Blizzard over delivered with the garrison. Like this is something that's interesting about Blizzard. Sometimes they give you too much. Like the garrison did too much. It was too good. Or like vehicles in Wrath of the Lich King, they kind of went overboard and then they gave us the Oculus. Yeah. And you were like, oh, God. And everybody was like, please don't give me that dungeon. I don't want to do that dungeon. <laughs> ah! Yeah. The um, thing that was really funny about vehicles was when they put one in the uh, the opening fight. Uh, against Flame Leviathan, they made it a vehicle fight, mm-hmm. and and like now it's just like you, you come up with anything you can think of to make this fight not you know get through it as fast as possible. Just oh god, those stupid vehicles! <laughs> just, I maintain they move so slow that in a organized group of five, Oculus is really good. In I an organized group of five, it I... did not at all jive with. Yeah, that was the thing. I enjoyed it when I was with a group of people that actually like understood what was going on. Like if I was in a guild group, that place was fun. I liked it. Actually, yeah, weren't we? No, we weren't. We weren't yet. That's right. Okay. No, we weren't. You didn't come in until. Until Kata. But I remember doing it. No, you were there. Were you there? No, you weren't there. It was Cataclysm. That's right. Cataclysm was when I joined your guild. Um, but I remember, um, like doing it. I remember doing Oculus with with friends from the guild I was in at the time. Mm-hmm. And if you had five people from your guild or whatever, sure, yeah, Oculus was fine. It was even kind of fun. Yeah. Okay. But if so you were just you know random people you didn't know. <laughs> Moving on, we've got a question here from Archmage RC who says, "When Theramore was destroyed, mages retained their portals to it and were zoned in still to the exact same spot where it used to spawn, resulting in a minor drop if you had the crater. With the burning of Teldrassil at 110, if I teleport to Darnassus, what are the odds it's a worse drop than ancient Dalaran? Will I get set on fire as I fall for three years?" I can kind of answer this. <laughs> I have jumped off of Teldrassil. I was going to say, I've fallen off of Teldrassil. <laughs> like, day two of my playing World of Warcraft ever. Yeah, my night elf was like, oh, look at these branches. Oh, there's a dude out here I have to kill. Oh, okay, I've killed him. Let's turn around and go back. Oh, no, I fell off the branch. Oh, my God, I'm falling. And you falling. just fell falling. for falling. Not only, like... <laughs> Not only have I done it, like, did it back then, I've done it since. Oh. Jumping off jumping off Teldrassil on a Demon Hunter. Oh, that's got to be fun. You you can hit um, Fellwood if you're lucky. Because there's, 
it's the part of the problem is it fell when it's high up because there's you know it's up in the mountain type thing the way it's terraced yeah it's elevated but you can you can do it if you do it right you can actually hit that you know where that horde that former horde base is with all the oozes the 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 crazy guy turned it into ooze place and there's like a little ooze cat you can tame and stuff um it's kind of like halfway up the zone yeah you can hit that you can hit that from darnassus if you do it just right you can jump off of hydrol and get down there too which is fine yeah it's it's, get down to dark shore so yeah you will be falling forever i actually feel would feel worse for mages who teleport to undercity because can you get out (laughs) (laughs) good question do the Alliance, like, leave the elevator going? I mean, granted, I wouldn't mess with that elevator. That elevator has killed hundreds. But, you know, <laughs> do they fill it in? Do they, like, you know, collapse stuff on top of it? Like, Is Undercity currently, like, leavable? Or are you just stuck down there? It would be really funny if you teleport in. There's a whole bunch of Forsaken down there. Like, hey, didn't the Alliance destroy the city? Yeah. We can't get out. We're just here. Yeah, we, we can't can get we out. get a portal? <laughs> Hey, yeah, you can get us out. <laughs> Maybe that's even a quest. Maybe <laughs> a mage-only quest. Go down into the Undercity. Get people out of there. Um, okay, so uh, let's move on to a different email here, though. This one is from Clampett, who's a 101 troll Beastmastery Hunter on Ravenholt US, who says, Greetings, Watchers. Do you think that Blizzard will take a page for the pre-Legion invasions and do something similar for the new expansion? Any thoughts as to what they might do? I'm thinking of something like faction incursions where you make or defend against probing actions to or by the opposing faction. I mean... same. The scale of their end-of-expansion events is never the same. Yeah, but... I mean, I'd be okay with Helcular coming back in some regard, because, man, he was the most fun thing of the pre- legion invasion incursion stuff i love that guy was fantastic i the thing is is like fight with all of your might miss of pandaria i don't remember i don't recall them doing anything super super major at the beginning of that the theramore scenario the theramore scenario okay and the okay yeah they did do something before that but it wasn't that that kind of took place outside of the game world i know with warlords we had like the, all of a sudden the Blasted Lands was like its own zone and there were quests to do out there, like things to do out there on the lead up. And then, There's that one dungeon. Yeah. And then with Legion, with Legion we got the invasions, which were fantastic and they were great for leveling alts and things like that. Um, people seem to respond pretty positively to these pre-expansion events, so I'm sure we're going to get something. Do I know what it is? No. I don't, I don't think I, I could even hazard yeah. a guess at this point. There was the uh, the Wrath one was pretty much like people like liked it so much that they I think it's what really started them and it, itself the wrath one was kind of the pre Nixramas thing but expanded they brought it back yeah and burning crusade it. burning crusade had its own thing oh where... yeah the portal was going to open and yeah uh warlord high lord cruel I swear to god that was actually his name yeah cruel came out and I remember saying well, what's next overlord and everybody was, well and everybody was like where did Kazakh go and it was like oh Kazakh went through the portal so he's on the other side, waiting for us I felt us really somewhere. bad for Great. him, because he was bigger than the portal, so you know he had to kind of, like, squeeze himself. He had to, like, cram it. himself in there. I would have loved it to see, like, you come up and Kazak is, like, he's, he's like, stuck in the portal. His rear end hanging like, out like Winnie ball. the Pooh. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, bother, I can't get back to, I can't get back to Outland. Okay. Um, so, yeah, they're probably going to do something, Clampett, but what? 
don't know. Um, I'm going to scroll down here past this one because it was one that we kind of addressed in Lore Watch uh, to one that mentions Alex. And it says, Dear Blizzard Watch Podcast, I am with Alex in dislike for the whole voice chat feature. My question is, what exactly is the point of voice chat integrated into WoW? I don't see raiders ever using it as if someone disconnects, then they cannot tell raid via voice chat. I also don't see anyone wanting to have it turned on when in PvP looking for Dungeon or LFR to listen to randoms talk. From Nauru, level 110, Rogue, Kieran Tor. You know, that's a really good point. Well, yeah. you don't want to hear from that one guy who's going to tell everybody how terrible we are? No, the raid thing. Because that was always... I mean, well, we raided together. You remember. If if somebody dropped, they oh, would yeah, hype yeah. up and vent like, immediately, including myself on... Well, it'll be in... Battle.net now. So if you if you don't get if you get disconnected from WoW but not Battle.net, theoretically you can still talk. Okay. Yeah, if it's a server issue and not the uh, not the uh, overall connection, then that should still be there. Yeah. It should still be functioning. Yeah. If they do yeah. it that way, then it's got a chance. If it's built into the the WoW client, then yeah, it's 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 almost completely useless. If it's built into Battle.net and it works for every battle like every game on Battle.net. Then I see why it now suddenly has a possibility of taking over and working, um, but I do honestly believe the point about uh, I just I it, it's one thing to expect people who are in an organized group with you to have a program so they can talk to you, but I don't want it to be ever become socially acceptable to try and pressure people to, you know, do random groups where they're expected to have their uh, voice chat on. I don't want to talk to people sometimes. It and, yeah it. It depends on the overall community because there are definitely games you play where it's like, well, you don't have to have voice chat on. You, so you turn voice chat off and people are like, why aren't you on voice? You need to be on voice, blah, blah, blah. Will the WoW community be that way? I don't know. But Boy, it has happened not. in games before and it's really unpleasant when the game goes that way. I mean, I don't... My my tactic in, in random dungeon groups, all I, I barely say anything. Mostly I just buckle down to my job, which is kill stuff, don't die. And I do that very well. So I never get any complaints. I don't feel the need to tell people what I'm doing, nor do I feel the need to like listen to people talking to each other. I yeah, don't know. Yeah. Vo- voice is just becoming one of those standard features in games. And um, that's why I play less multiplayer games. If you're my friend, I'll talk to you all day long if you really want. Um, if I don't know you, I don't want to talk to you. We can talk in text before I decide we're friends, and I'll talk to you in voice. And randoms are not going to be those people. Just in general, a random group, I mean, I have nothing against the people I run random groups with, but, I mean, I'm there to run a dungeon, not to listen to somebody critique everything about, like, oh, this... I mean, I've had some dungeons where everybody's great, and that's, that's wonderful. I love when that happens. I had dungeons where one of the tanks had racist slogans macroed to his Avengers shield. So, yeah... Drop that group pretty fast. I don't want to have to hear that guy out loud. That that's a okay by like me. Ever. Yeah, that guy can not. We can never talk. That that's cool. I don't mind. So I'm leery on the on the whole concept. I, I but, play video again, games, so I don't have to leave my house and talk to people. <laughs> can't I, don't, argue with it. I don't want to talk to people in games unless I feel like talking to them. I don't. I don't think that they're going to like do a thing where they're where they're suddenly saying, "Oh yeah, voice chat is just going to be automatically enabled and people are expected to use it 24/7." I mean, I hope no. that's not the direction things take. 
If it does, oh. I guess I'll see you on Classic WoW servers. It's, <laughs> also, to be honest, I, I feel like I'm saving you guys, too, because ain't nobody's got time for my 35-minute digression on how cool it is that they figured out that the ankle bone on Dakota Raptor means that it could move its claw in a much more extreme pattern than previously, or how Tyrannosaurus Rex's foreclaws were, in fact, useful when it was in you know attacking prey. Okay, like, yeah. You see, I don't want to hear any of that. Yeah, no, I'm <laughs> bored already. See, and that's... <laughs> They they have to put up with me a little, um, but but no, no one wants to hear this, and it will happen. If you put me on voice chat and you're like going on and on about how something sucks, I am gonna start talking about dinosaurs. It's gonna. Yeah, it's... I, I think it's very much, um, you know, it's a community thing as much as a game feature thing. Like, g- speaking generally, I don't mind if a game has voice chat, if it has optional voice chat, and I don't really need to use it. Okay, fine, it's useful to people who want to use it. Yeah. But when a community when a certain games community is like you must be on voice that's when it starts becoming a problem to me it's like i mm-hmm. look guys we're just doing lfd like we killed that boss in two shots i don't need to be on voice with you I, that's not necessary we're gonna be here for 10 minutes that's not even long enough for us to share a drink in real life i don't need to talk to you on the internet for 10 minutes while we're two shotting this boss this is this is not us. We are not forming a deep and powerful, meaningful bond over the corpse of what's his name again? Um, Harboron. Yeah, we're not bonding over Harboron. Yeah. <laughs> okay, I think we have time for one more question here, and this one is from Saruk, who is a Worgen Rogue on Airy Peak, who says, "I have a question about how Blizzard might actually release classic servers. There's a lot of difference in WoW between vanilla and now. Consumables were a bit out of hand, and buffs were a constant minigame in raids. But I think they could leave those alone, and most people would be okay. The leveling and questing was not very linear and sometimes straight up confusing. Although that kind of had its own charm, and I'm actually a bit excited to re." revisit that aspect of vanilla however i think the biggest difference between then and now is class design philosophy do you think they'll keep the same model with some classes being viable only in certain specs what about some specs being completely non-viable at all will warriors still have to tank nearly everything do you think they would and or should do anything to balance the classes for a classic wow server thanks saruk i'm just gonna straight up say no i don't think they should do any look look people want classic wow the people, the community has ordered a particular platter of stuff. They need to be delivered that particular platter of stuff with no adjustments to it. You wanted it. Here it is. Take it. And they ordered it. a pepperoni pizza Everybody, and don't put mushrooms on it. No mushrooms. No. You wanted pepperoni. Eat the pepperoni. All of it. <laughs> yeah. I, th- I think we've all, I mean, to a certain degree, I, I wrote a thing about this yesterday and I was being a little... I don't know if vindictive is the right word, but I was being a little bit like, no, this is what you wanted. Now you have to take all of it. But at the same time, I feel for a lot of people who want classic service, that is what they want. Yeah, that's they the experience. That. that is the experience right there. Giving you don't want to mess with service. it or anything. You, If you want classic WoW, give them classic WoW. Yeah, if, if you give people classic WoW, but with entirely redesigned talents that didn't exist in classic WoW, it's not classic WoW anymore. Now it's some other game. Would it be a good game? possibly but it won't be that game i think jeff kaplan said something about this on on in an interview recently he was talking about and he said you know they got rid of all the sucky quests and i can say that because i wrote them and you know haha laugh laugh but he had a point that it wasn't the game that made classic wow the thing it was it was communities it was the people the you were playing with. The game was not perfect, but everybody was experiencing that not perfect thing in a group. 
And, you know, you could joke about those non-perfect things and you could bond over those non-perfect things. And it was like this wonderful experience. If people want to re-experience that, they need the game as it was. And I remember, like, so many stories we could be telling you about, like, getting a phone call at 5 o'clock in the morning from somebody you know vaguely through your guild but that you gave your phone number to because you weren't very smart, Matt. And being begged to come online because they can't get any other tanks and they want to do the Green Dragons and they're up right now at 5 o'clock in the morning. And you drag yourself on and you do it because that's your guild. And your yeah. guild meant something to you. It was important. Um, these are all things that aren't really the game. But you can't you can't give people not what they're ordering. You can't say, okay, well, we're going to make Classic WoW, but it's going to have you know viable Paladin tanks. Because he didn't have viable paladin tanks what, in classic what we're, WoW. What we're I meaning? will go ahead, Alex. I'm going to interject. Just the will warriors still have to tank nearly everything. You know, it was a community thing. Like, yes, warriors are probably slightly better at tanking everything, but every other class capable of tanking was capable of tanking everything in vanilla. No, I just want no. to put that out there. They weren't always picked. The first, they weren't the first string. A raid didn't go recruiting for a protection paladin or whatever. But if all you had was a protection paladin, they could tank anything and everything. I'm they could. To, I'm going to actually argue with you here because we had a protection paladin, and in BC he became one of our frontline tanks, so he didn't suddenly get good at it. He knew how to tank, and he couldn't tank anything I could tank. He just could not do it. He did not have the tools. We had a feral druid do everything we had done. Ferals, was... ferals were a lot better. The feral problem was that they couldn't push crits off the table. The feral thing, too, that wasn't like there from the initial beginning. Because my first character was a druid. And I had to level as Resto because feral was so... Ma like, cats were a joke. You were made a cat during the Nefarian fight in Blackwing Lair because that was your punishment because it was that <laughs> bad. <laughs> like, yeah, sure. it, was, it was literally useless. <laughs> there was, the, the thing is, is that there were people who certainly could do it. There were yeah. people who were that good at playing their classes and had worked on it that hard, but they did have mechanical disadvantages and they weren't small ones. Yeah, I mean, and, warriors, like, I won't disagree. Warriors were better. They were. Um, the, and it, it was wasn't just fair, you know, to have a warrior. Yeah, and the, that's the thing is, the, the, the water is always going to find its own level here. If you have a paladin player who knows his stuff, can that paladin tank? Yes. Will he be able to do it as well as a as a, a warrior? No, because he doesn't. The, they deliberately didn't give him the right tools. Right. Like, he, I don't think did consecrate do anything. Like, I don't, I don't think remember. it helped. Threat. They didn't have any kind it of. It made a build, pretty bubble. It? it made a pretty poof on the ground. It's just like. I and I say this not actually thinking paladin design was good in vanilla. Oh my god, no! Any design where you're you're considered well, yeah, you should go stand out there away from the fight, and then if anybody dies, you should res them. That's <laughs> yeah. terrible. Do you imagine that the paladins had an ability that killed them and res? Didn't it res somebody else or bubble somebody else it at the cost of their own life? I I I'm still upset because you get rid of that, honestly. Yeah, but at the same time, the message it's sending is you're so disposable that you can have this ability. I mean, it ended up getting it used was as thematic. white. It was white protection. That's what it was really used for. It was, it was essentially, it was, it was a hearthstone. It was also People, hilarious. 
It was pretty funny because we had a talent who didn't know he kept putting it in the wrong place and then he'd do it by mistake. Put it in the wrong place. Or if you, you know, you had content on a farm and you wanted to be a jerk, you divine intervention of the tank, made the tank immune and the boss went crazy. Or (laughs) you just wanted to surprise your friends. You and your friends are all sitting around AFK and Ironforge and all of a sudden your character goes and falls over and everybody's like, dude, what? (laughs) And that's the thing. We're, We're talking about this. And there's lots of mechanical reasons why they got rid of it. But do you want to deny players who go to, to Classic the first time from experiencing this stuff? No. Like part, of me, part of me thinks they shouldn't even fix the bugs that they fixed in Classic. Like, no one's going to get to experience the Reckoning Bomb. Uh. Can you imagine that? Like, the first Paladin who figured out the Reckoning Bomb. And, I yeah. mean, we, like, I saw members watching that video with my tongue hanging out, just like... What the? He just killed Kazak by himself. Yeah, that was such a good video. But if they if they do, if they do, give you World of Warcraft Classic at say patch one point one two, that will have been fixed. Yeah, they fixed that real early. Like, and that'll Alex... have Druids fixed too, because I think that oh, I can't remember they they fixed Feral like about halfway through vanilla, to they, where they, they it was like suddenly it was more viable again. Like you could tank. We had when we were doing Next Ramas, we had druids tanking things. Like because yeah. because you needed at one point you needed like twelve tanks. Yeah. Uh, for the for the horsemen, so we had druids tanking things. Um, they were viable. At it. The the thing that I'm curious about, and again, you know, all we got at BlizzCon here was we got the message that they are going to be making this thing. They have decided that they are going to make this thing. What it's going to look like, when it's going to come out, what they're going to include with it, what they're not going to include, we don't know. They didn't tell us any of that. What yeah, they did tell the, us was they're they're going to make it. Um, on some other panels, they did say, you know, they they will be talking to the community about some of these things. For example, Upper Blackrock Spire, at different points in Classic Vanilla, it was either a 10-man raid or a 5-man dungeon or 15 which one do or whatever. Want? Do what, yeah, which do people want? Do people you know what want I actually... 5-man strat or 10-man strat? Yesterday, I suggested they go straight to patch 1.12 and just never do anything after it. But I've changed my mind since because I was thinking about this morning. And what they should do is literally launch Classic WoW with the very first WoW patch. And they should release all future patches on the same schedule they released them on originally at the same amount of time. Yeah. Until they get to 1.12. And then they should start over. You think? They should go right back. To that first wild patch, they I should think patch to the first. Starting one. over would be dangerous because it would probably involve character resets, and that would no, suck. That would that would not be right. You're right. So they should they should do is they should start off any new WoW server they start, any new classic WoW server should start again at the first batch and then move forward. I don't think they should introduce anything after Drums of War, though. I think that that should be a hard stop. That's point. it. Yeah. Nothing from, from BC or on unless they start doing actual themed servers. Like EverQuest like, did a thing where they did legacy servers and they've been putting all their patches on the legacy servers. Yeah. I think that's a mistake. That dilutes it too much. That means you're just you're just playing World of Warcraft on time delay. I think they should you know take I mean? it up to the point, take it to that patch that was just before the pre-Burning Crusade patch. Yeah, one point. And stop point. it there. Yeah, stop it there, and and just let it sit there because I that's that's where. And I think really, I mean, if they're going to release a classic server like that, they should release. You know, day one of that classic sh- server should be like day one of World of Warcraft. With all of its hiccups and everything else, 
you know, release the patches over time. Because people aren't asking for a WoW remastered. That's not what they want. They want the original vanilla experience for whatever reason. And I mean, I can kind of see the appeal. I will probably check out these servers when they do come out because, you know, I kind of miss those old days every now and again. But I don't think that they should touch it in any significant way to, like, add any quality of life improvements or anything like that because that's not the classic experience. That's that's not it. So give them what they ask for. Just give them what they ask for. Anyway. What, when classic servers come out, what I'm going to do is I'm going to roll a paladin Level it high enough to get exorcism so I can hear that sound effect again. Yeah. Took it away from me in the live game. <laughs> they took exorcism away and I will never forgive them. <laughs> All right. Well, that wraps us up for emails and also kind of wraps us up for the show here. Blizzard Watch, it's made possible due to the generous contributions at patreon.com slash blizzardwatch. And your continued support means that this podcast site and community is able to thrive and grow. Blizzard Watch supporters enjoy exclusive benefits like early access to the podcast, a better chance at having your question answered on our podcast or the queue, and an ads-free site experience. Thank you very much, Ann. Uh, again, remember, you can uh, submit questions for the podcast both through our new Discord channel and through uh, the podcast at blizzardwatch.com email address. Um, we definitely would like you to put podcast or Blizzard Watch in the subject line so we know it's for this show. Thank you guys very much for listening. We'll be here next week. 